Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? Okay, so now it's February. I don't know about you, but January went really quick. I don't know what happened to it. (laughs) So it's very bizarre that we're already into February to me anyway. Hey, if you haven't checked out my free monthly webinars, I highly encourage that you do that. On the third Thursday of each month at four o'clock p.m., I offer a completely free one-hour webinar on a job search topic. So I've done a resume masterclass, a job search masterclass, LinkedIn masterclass, interviewing masterclass. (laughs) I don't know if I missed any, but they're fantastic. Again, no charge. And the link to register is in the show notes. So grab that and hope I see you in an upcoming webinar. So today we're going to zero in on something that I have mentioned in the other podcast, which is my plus one approach to job boards. So this is something that I have coined and I make a distinction when I work with my clients between active job search strategies and passive job search strategies. And this is a way the plus one approach is a way to make that passive strategy a little bit more active. So let me explain. So active strategies, as I describe them, they put you in the driver's seat of your job search. So they revolve around networking activities. So it could be meeting people one-on-one, attending group networking events. It could be connecting with people on, on LinkedIn. It could be networking through a professional association that you belong to. It could be networking with your university's alumni or church members. All those are all active job search strategies. So you're really in control of your job search when you're engaged in those kind of activities. Passive strategies put you in the passenger seat. So you're kind of along for the ride and looking at job boards like LinkedIn or Indeed or going directly to a company website. Those are all passive strategies, right? You're you're going to a place where a lot of other people are looking for jobs and a lot of other people are applying to those jobs. And without doing something extra, even with a fantastic resume like the ones that I create for my clients, it still may not be enough if there's three or 400 people in the pile. So, of course, I want my clients to focus their efforts on active job search strategies. And depending on where they are in their career, We'll talk about the percentages of active versus passive, and I'm going to talk about those again at the end. But active strategies, first of all, allow you to focus on landing your dream job with your dream employer. You're not just responding to what's been posted on a job board. Again, you are in the driver's seat. The second reason that I want my clients to do active job search strategies is that 
oftentimes these conversations, these networking meetings you have mean that you're the only one competing for the job. So maybe the job hasn't been posted. Maybe there isn't actually a job. I I have said this on this podcast before, but I've had so many clients over the years who got a job that didn't exist, right? They were the right person. And this company and this hiring manager was savvy enough to recognize that they needed to grab this individual and find the perfect fit for them within the organization. So when you're doing these active job search strategies, there's two huge advantages. You're not being compared to any other applicants because there may not be any other applicants, but also you're not being compared to a laundry list of must-have job duties, you know, experience, credentials, all of that. They're looking at you from the perspective of fit with the organization. And what I have seen over and over again is when you do it this way, anything that may have been a serious detriment to your candidacy had you applied to a job online all of a sudden isn't a big deal. They can overlook the fact that you don't have a master's degree or you don't have the PMP certification or whatever it is for your field because they really see the fit that you have with the organization. So having said all of that, there is a way to make your passive search a little bit more active with my plus one approach. So this is how this works. When you are applying to a job online, I want you to think of one more thing that you can do to increase your chances of getting noticed by the hiring manager. This could be something like asking someone you know who knows the hiring manager to put in a good word for you, make an introduction, you know, maybe do an email introduction, write a letter of recommendation specific to that position. It could also be sometimes we know high-level people who can leverage their, you know, presence in the community to recommend you even if they don't know the hiring manager. And I'll tell you a little story. So this worked back when I was at Truman State University. And I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I was hiring a coordinator and one of the candidates was a woman who had been in the airline industry for many years. And I didn't see any fit between what we did in the career center, helping people figure out their careers and what she did as a flight attendant. But I started getting calls from people that had that were well-known in the community. It was a very small community, so it wasn't like I was getting calls from, you know, senators or anything, but I was getting calls from business owners who I was familiar with, right, who I, I recognized their names. And to a person, they all said, this is somebody you really want to take a look at. And so that really caused me to give her a chance, whereas otherwise, had I not gotten those calls... And emails, and I can't remember all, I think I had about three or four people reach out to me in various ways. I probably would not have interviewed her and and did subsequently hire her. So what you decide to do for your plus one is very situational. So here are some things to kind of think about. Number one, who do I know who knows this hiring manager? Is there anyone in my network who knows him? Again, LinkedIn is, I say this every episode, I think, but LinkedIn should be your best friend in this process because you can really see how you are connected to this hiring manager and who this hiring manager is connected to. Secondly, who do I know who knows a senior executive in the hiring company? So maybe no one knows the hiring manager, but maybe they know a vice president who could put in a good word for me. Next, who do I know who works at the hiring company? So is there anybody who's inside the company who could put in a good word for me? 
Next, who do I know who is well-known and well-respected in the community? That kind of goes back to the story that I just told you about my employee and my candidate. How can I personally intersect with the hiring manager or a senior executive of the hiring company? So let me talk about that one for a minute. This last point kind of falls under what I call professional stalking. So it's pretty easy by looking online, looking on people's social media to figure out where they might be on a certain date and time. And then you, quote unquote, accidentally run into them. Of course, you never want to tell them that you've been stalking them. (laughs) They might call the cops. But you could see, for example, if you looked on their LinkedIn profile, maybe they have a badge for a civic organization that they belong to, or they mentioned being somewhere they mentioned being very involved in the chamber and you know that there's a big chamber event coming up, or they, you know, participate or are on the board of some charitable organization in town that's having a big event. I mentioned earlier the percentage of time that I recommend that you spend on active versus passive strategies. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I want to review it again for you. If you're just out of college looking for your first job, maybe your second job, but you're probably, you know, 25 or younger, you've only been out there a few years, I recommend at least 75% passive and 25% active. So if you look at your job search time, Spend one quarter of it in active networking strategies, three quarters of it on passive strategies. Now, I do want you to do active strategies even at this young age. And one of the reasons is that this is a skill set that you will use increasingly, as you will see as I talk about the, the number breakdown as you go through your career. If you can learn this skill as you are just getting out of college, when there are a lot of jobs available online that probably are a good fit for you, you'll get better at this skill so that when you move up and your jobs are pretty much exclusively found through networking, you'll have that skill set ready to go. So if you've been out of college for a few years, let's say you're now, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, I recommend a 50-50 split. If you are in middle management or above, so you maybe are well into your 30s or 40s, you're not in the executive ranks yet, I want you to spend 75% of your time in active strategies and 25% of your time in passive strategies. And if you are seeking an executive level job, it should be 100% active. Now, that's not to say that you won't be hearing from recruiters, which is actually a very passive strategy because you can't control them reaching out to you. You can't you know, make them reach out to you. But as far as the executive level jobs, that's not part of your job search strategy, if that makes sense. That is you responding to a recruiter reaching out to you. It's not part of the strategy that you have planned. Hope that makes sense. And in terms of the amount of time that I want you to spend on your job search, if you are looking full-time for a job, you are not currently employed, I like 30 hours a week for a job search. So whether that is six hours, five days a week, or you want to do all of it in four or maybe even three days, I'm not sure what that math would be, 10 10 hour days, that's kind of long, but, or maybe you want to do some of it on the weekend. The point being 30 hours is going to give you enough time to really make traction on your job search, get the results that you want more quickly and also gives you some time to hopefully have some fun and relax and do some enjoyable things while you're 
relatively free with your schedule. If you are working, in fact, I just had this conversation with a prospective client yesterday. I want you to have a minimum of five hours a week to spend on a job search if you are working. And for most people, that's doable. Now, I have had over the few, a few over the years who have said, you know what, I don't have that bandwidth right now. I'm working 80, 90, 100 hours a week, in which case I don't recommend an actual job search strategy in that situation. What I recommend is look at job boards. If recruiters call you, talk to them, but you're really not in a job search. I make a very clear distinction between people who just look at job boards and people who are in a job search. So it's okay if you don't have time, but you would like to move on, entertain those recruiters, look at the job boards, have some job, they're called job agents that are set up so that you're getting job notices coming to you for the kind of positions you're interested in and let that be the extent of it. That's okay. But to actually conduct a job search, I'd like you to have a minimum of five hours a week. And so you can do the math, depending on where you at in your career, how will that time, that 30 hours a week or that five hours a week, break down in terms of active versus passive strategies? One more thing I don't think I mentioned in this that's really, I think, significant about the plus one approach. There's two things that the, the plus one approach does for you. Number one, it is going to increase your chances of getting noticed, right? That's the whole point of it is I'm trying to come up to the top of the pile. The second thing that the plus one approach does is it weeds out for you those positions that you're either not super qualified for or just not that interested in because you're not likely to ask someone in your network to advocate on your behalf if this is a job that you're not jazzed about or if it's a real long shot. My recommendation then is don't apply to that job at all. Take that time Take that mental energy and physical energy that you were going to spend doing a half job on applying for that position and divert it over to another job that you're very excited about that you're willing to give your full effort for. So I hope that that kind of gives you something to think about. And I hope that you'll start using the plus one approach in your passive job search activities applying to job boards. And I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you next time. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.